welcome. And thanks for tuning in to the Ears to You podcast, where we have interesting conversations between plumbing industry experts about matters pertaining to the South African plumbing industry. Let's start the conversation. Welcome, everybody. Good day to this Ears for You podcast, where our aim is for you to listen into our conversations and join in our conversations about industry news and what's happening. With me, I have Brendan Reynolds, the Executive Director of the Institute of Plumbing, and Steve Brown, the Operations Manager of IOPSA and a board member of the PROB. Good day, gentlemen. How are you doing? Hi, Lee. Hi, Steve. Morning. All good? Yeah, 100%, guys. It's been a busy week. I mean, it's like, a, like we were saying before the thing, I couldn't even remember what day of the week was. Yeah. Monday. I just Monday, I was thinking it was Wednesday. Yeah, I think it's been <laughs> hectic. I think it's been absolutely hectic in terms of travels and getting around. You know, as we said last time, we were down in George in Mossel Bay. So that was a, a good session in terms of that. And then, uh, yeah, it's just been very, very busy. And then, obviously, being based in KZN, uh, having the challenges that, that we're having currently now, it's, it's, I mean, as many pictures as you can see, it is horrendous, you know, in terms of how uh, the storm yeah, has affected people. I think, um, you know, we were talking in the tech talk this morning, you know, Brendan was saying about opportunities uh, within the plumbing industry at the beginning of the year with regards to rainwater harvesting. And we touched on that this morning um, where there's no, water you know you can't purchase water now all of the water has been uh, brought out from the stores uh, they've got no idea how long we'll be out of water we've been out currently water where i am uh, since basically i think it's sunday night and no electricity for, from sunday night we just got power back late yesterday afternoon so yeah it's it's bedlam down here unfortunately yeah steve i mean the, the thing is you know when when i had a uh, uh, and myself were talking yesterday about it and the thing is you can't really you know, unless you're in the situation, you can't really comprehend, you know, if you've never experienced in that sense. So we sit here, what do we see is on the television. And, um, you know, we just go, well, you know what, I can relate, but I can't really relate, you know. And and uh, so yeah, we hear you, Steve. Yeah, I think when you look at it, the, the personal aspects of God goes in. I think, you know, we're seeing damage to infrastructure. You know, if we just take, you know, KZN, you know, you're knocked off from, from south. You can't get to Toti. If you are going to go on the roads, you're about an hour and a half. I think uh, my son Mark yesterday took two hours to just bring some stuff through to us yesterday. Um, you know, trying to get, you know, a 10-minute drive is now an hour drive. So, uh, and then obviously the infrastructure in terms of people and houses that have been affected, schools have been closed. You know, it's been a massive, massive challenge. And I think... Um, as, as we were talking yesterday, you know, one of our members down here, one of his staff members lost uh, three children and he's in hospital. So it's that human sort of stuff that, that we're seeing, but, you know, being close to the car face is, um, yeah, it's quite challenging. And for me, again, I had uh, last night at eight o'clock, you know, phone calls from, from Anthony Mamela you know, from the Plumbers Business Forum, just checking up, you know, so there's good camaraderie between everybody, you know, trying to support and help each other. So, which is really good. And that's the, the positive that comes out of this is that everybody banding together uh, to try and make things better. It's, yeah, I think we learned from the riots last year. Um, so now I don't know what we've done wrong in case it ends, but anyway, <laughs> Um, it's, yeah, well, pick on us, you know, can you not go somewhere else, you know, in jest? But, uh, yeah, it's challenging, you know. I mean, my daughter's got, you know, a two-month-old baby. You know, now you're trying to find water to do 
uh, you know, get bottles and, you know, the swimming pool becomes the source of, of water for the toilets. And yeah, it's, 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 it's a learning curve, but we're resilient. I was just going to ask you, you spoke, you, you touched on the, the rights, uh, Steve. So, um, you know, looking at last July, if it was the rights, you know, we could, you know, we, we yeah. watched on the television, you know, we listened to what was happening down there, you know, getting feedback. Uh, comparing that, comparing the situation now to the riots, can you compare it? Really, you know, from a from a disruption point of view, from or is it too difficult? Uh, I think I think they're two different scenarios. You know, in terms of you know the riots, you know, were were horrendous. Uh, I think that was just. And you felt totally helpless. I mean, at the moment now, you know, you feel exactly the same where you feel totally helpless with no water, no lights, you know, things like security come into it and, and, and. So it's a bigger sort of picture now. But if you can imagine now the harbour's closed, so they can't get trucks into the harbour. So this is now going to affect the rest of the country because obviously most of the ships can't get in. Um, the roads have been washed away from what I heard last night coming into the harbour to try and remove goods. So we're going to have disruptions in terms of supply. Uh, they also talk obviously fuel in terms of being able to get uh, fuel to the filling stations so and then you get that panic buying i think that's what's happening now is you're getting panic buying and then the other one is that you know with having lights no lights for three to four days or five days as i was saying to brendan yesterday um you've got all of the food that you have you know in your deep freezers which is now done you know you there's nothing left there you know so you've cooked as much as you can if you've got the gas to do it or put the brine on so i think you know in in the sense of the 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 two scenarios they are as stressful as anything i think you know this one in particular is the not knowing you know what's what's actually happening out there and obviously you know again you filter through some what they call it uh false news or fake news that comes through but it is challenging I mean, we've got a whole community in Amlazi that, that can't get out. So, you know, staff can't get in. The place has been washed away. Uh, shopping centers have been flooded. Um, it's, yeah, it's horrendous. Yeah, and you know, the, the, the human impact on, uh, let's talk about the plumbers now for a second, is, you know, uh, between Steve and I, we've been chatting to a number of the plumbers in KZN. Um, and, uh, you know, besides the the guys that can't get staff into work or that can't um, get out of their suburbs. We've got, uh, we've got plumbers that have lost vehicles. We've got plumbers um, who don't know whether their staff are safe or not. And then obviously the very sad story about Pietrus, um, one, of, one of the plumbers down in KZN that Steve mentioned earlier, uh, who lost his three children uh, when, the, when the house collapsed. Um, he was seriously injured. Thankfully, his wife's okay, but... Um, everything's gone. Their, their, their house is gone. Their, their belongings is gone. Uh, you know, and that just, that sort of thing just brings it home, you know, as to the, you know, as you said, Lee, we sit here in Joburg or in Cape Town or wherever we are and we, and we see these things on the TV uh, or on the internet. And then, you know, you speak to people that are really on the ground and the, and the actual uh, impact on their lives and, um, and the devastation that it can cause. I mean, I don't know. How 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 you move forward after losing three of your children and your home and all your belongings? I, mean, I, I wouldn't even know where to start, you know. And so, um, as an industry, uh, you know, we initially were we we thought we would uh, we would try and help Beatrice and his family somehow, and we put it out, um, and we got such a such a massive response from the industry; it was just unbelievable. Um, 
that we that we decided to uh, reinstate the plumber support fund, which you might recall we used during uh, during COVID during hard lockdown. Uh, we we put together the plumber support fund to support uh, plumbers that were in in desperate need that hadn't earned an income or you know that were really in trouble. So we revived the plumber support fund, and the, just in, in in one day. Uh, the pledges and the, and the donations that have come in have been amazing. I think we've, um, the members from the Southern Cape um, have put in 10,000 Rand. The members from the Free State have put in 10,000 Rand. From uh, Port Elizabeth, from the Eastern Cape, they've put in 10,000 Rand. Um, advanced Valves uh, last night uh, came through with 20,000 Rand, which is, uh, which is amazing. Oh. And thanks to Richard and his team. Yeah, 100%. Um, yeah, and then from IOPS the national side, uh, you know, we'll probably put in 20,000 today. So, uh, you know, and, and then just ordinary citizens, just ordinary plumbers um, and, and even ordinary citizens coming through with 100 rand or 500 rand or 200 rand. Um, you know, I saw an ordinary citizen, somebody, a friend of a plumber in, in George uh, or in Muscle Bay, sorry. Um, Marius has been pilot, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I came through with a thousand rand. So, yeah, it's just absolutely amazing to see our industry just pulling together like this when the chips are down, uh, and and everybody just standing up to be counted. It's awesome. Yeah, no, I think uh, yeah, it's sorry, Lee. I think it's yeah, it's phenomenal. I mean, you know, you remember down here we got over five hundred, you know, uh, MTN cell phone towers that was just announced this morning. So we've got areas that have just got. No signal, you know, so, and I think that's even worse because now you are isolated in more ways than one. You can't actually check, you know, what's actually happening. So, yeah, it's just these little things that just continuously keep going. Obviously, from an economic point of view, this being our Easter weekend and, you know, KZN from, a, uh, you know, the hospitality trades, how they're going to be affected. You know, if we take, you know, these areas that have got no water, I had somebody phone me, they booked to come down here. You know, it's about, well, checking to see if there's electricity or water, you know, never mind going to the beaches, which are obviously all closed. I mean, the, the amount of debris on the beaches is, is, is horrific. It, it's, it's You can't see the sand for, for what's there. I mean, there was a picture of an of a petrol tanker floating off one of the one of the beaches here that they brought that in. Um, the refinery down here was flooded. They had to evacuate people with helicopters out of there. So it's just every day as more and more stuff comes through, um, it's just making it harder and harder and harder. Yeah, and Steve, you, you mentioned so one of the questions I wanted to ask, and I'm going to circle back to that. Um, I want to just talk a little bit more about that, that, that fund, Brendan, but from an operational point of view, obviously the first thing that what I went through my mind is saying that, okay, so 500 cell phone tiles are down. You know, one of your lifelines into your business is communication. Correct. Now you're not receiving calls. You know, for those who are working with the insurance industries, they can't get calls through. I mean, I, I'm just trying to, I was going in my head and I was saying, well, if that happened to me, what would I be doing? Yeah. I'd be taking, I'd be taking my office, putting it into one of my vans and driving to a point where I can receive, you know, a signal because, I mean, so my question was that um, from an operational point of view on the ground with regards to plumbers, it must be crazy. Yeah, well, I mean, bearing in mind, I mean, you know, Brendan's gone back to this and we've been doing this survey, you know, with the impact of stormwater into into uh, uh, 
uh, our sewerage systems. And this was clearly evident, you know, when you could actually see the amount. But with the amount of flooding now, I mean, it, it's immaterial. There's no drainage system that can take that. So, uh, and with there being no water, obviously there's no cause. You know, with no electricity, there's no cause. So, so the, the negative impact in terms of a plumbing business right now is, is huge because, you know, obviously <laughs> with no water, there's no leaks. And with no electricity, there's no uh, hot water claims. So obviously on the other side of the coin with repair work um, and cleaning up operations, which I think is going to happen first before you actually get into now identify what kind of damage is there. Um, but if I take Barry Chapman, you know, they had a, what, about a 400 millimeter water pipe that's just been washed away. I mean, that's your total source of water to a town or whatever. So, you know, that in itself, you know, is going to have a severely uh, massive impact in terms of the blowing industry. Yeah, just, I mean, just, yeah, I mean, and, and the people that haven't got any water, you know, want to call the plumber, can't call the plumber because the plumber's, the, the cell phone network is down. It just gets compounded and compounded. Yeah. And I, I assume yeah. a lot of the drainage is also just washed away as well. Yeah, well, we've got stormwater that's washed away. We've got banks that are washed away. We've had, uh, I mean, all of those stormwaters and sewers are obviously blocked now with sand and debris that's come into them. So, you know, they, they, they're predicting a little bit more rain, you know, this weekend. So, you know, again, everybody's on that tender hook, you know, wait and see what happens. There was a one, another sort of cyclone was coming up from the south. It was expected to hit last night at about eight o'clock. So, again, you've got that. We've already been cut once, you know. So now you're going to come back and give us a game. Fortunately, that didn't happen. We got a little bit of rain, but not as severe as what they thought. And they again predicting more rain for the weekend. So which is just compounded. And trying to get somewhere, as I said earlier, um, you're taking an hour to do a, a half an hour trip. I mean, we got a little bridge here that got washed away. And now to try and get from where we are, you can't go south, you can't go north, you can't go inland. And if you're going to try and get around the back. Um, it's going to take you about an hour, hour and 20 minutes just, just to get to do a 10-minute trip. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Anyway, Brendan, I wanted to ask you, the, the, I just want to circle back to that, the, the, the relief fund. So obviously um, uh, the, the communications have been put out there, you know, to the plumbers and saying, you know what, you know, open up your hearts, your wallets, you know, put a small whatever the amount is, 10 rand, 50 rand, 100 rand, whatever you feel comfortable with, you know, we're putting it out to help, you know, the plumbers, our colleagues, our friends um, in the KZN area. But can you just let me know, you know, can you just tell our listeners how does that, how does that fund work, you know, how does it operate? So now let's say I put in a 1,000 rand, you know, how, how is it going to be distributed? How is it going to be managed from that point of view? Yeah, uh, so Lee, uh, it, uh, obviously the KZN committee, the IOPS KZN committee is on the ground in KZN. So uh, they really going to act as our, as our eyes and ears down there. Uh, we've asked for people that need donations, plumbers. This is specifically for plumbers. It's not necessarily um, just for, the, for the, the public. It's really focused at plumbers, plumbers helping plumbers. So any plumbers that are in need, um, we're directing them to speak to uh, Garth Scott, who is the IOPSA chairman in KZN. Uh, and the KZN will, uh, committee will evaluate um, each, uh, each case on its merit. Obviously, uh, Pietrus's case is well known to us, and, uh, and I'm sure quite a lot of that money will, will be going to Pietrus and his family, uh, but they will manage it. Uh, the funds will be paid directly into the IOPSA KZN bank account, 
uh, and people can just use uh, the reference flood flood relief. Um, and yeah, and, and we'll manage it from there. Uh, like we've done in the past, uh, we will have an audit at the end. We will ask our auditors just to just to specifically audit that that fund to make sure you know that we can report back to our members like we did last time. You know that um, if there was if there was any question marks or anything, which I don't believe there will be. So yeah, yeah I think at the moment, uh, Lee, there's probably just based on the pledges, just off the top of my head, I'm going to guess that there's probably around about fifty thousand or so maybe 60,000 in the fund already. Um, and where we definitely will be able to help quite a lot of people. The fund will close at the end of April. So it's not going to be a long drawn out thing. People need help right now. Uh, so, uh, you know, the fund will close at the end of April uh, and we'll make sure that all every single cent uh, is dispersed to a, um, a, a person in need, particularly a plumber in need. And, um, and, and there'll be no fees. Uh, we won't be, you know, even the bank charges, we'll just cover all the, all the bank charges and any, any other fees and costs that come in, into it so that, that every rand that is donated um, actually gets into the hand of somebody or of a plumber that is in need in case of it. Yeah, because I think if we look at Petrus's side, Lee, when we were talking uh, to Gareth yesterday, and I think Brendan was also yes, talking so to Steve, can I just... Uh, we- Steve, can I, uh, in, in, I'm sorry for interjecting. I think also, you know, we keep talking about Pietrus. I think just let our listeners know who Pietrus is, you know, just paint that picture. We understand he's a yeah. plumber. That's clear yeah. from that point of view. But, you know, maybe just paint a little bit of a picture about Pietrus. So, so Pietrus uh, was, well, is employed by Zip Plumbers, uh, Gareth uh, Jerry and his mom, Leslie. Uh, been IOPS members for, well, I think even founding members here in KZN. And uh, Petrus, during the, the course of time, you've been working with him for 25 years. So you've been working in the company for 25 years. And, you know, during the storms, obviously, they were inside the house. Um, wife managed to get out. Children were trapped. Uh, Petrus went in to try and help them. Uh, he ended up in hospital. And unfortunately, uh, he couldn't save the children. So there's three uh, of the kids that have passed away and uh, our discussion and Brennan had the discussion yesterday with Gareth is it's not only about you know putting back material things uh, Petrus you know again who's the most well-known one that we have right now in terms of how this whole thing started has also got funerals and, and things to, to put in place so so the funding is going to cover a vast amount of things that need to be done I think uh, Gareth was saying try and get the house rebuilt and then obviously there's furniture and then there's everything else that goes with it. But I think in terms of my conversation with, with Brendan yesterday was first and foremost is obviously the, the funerals have to be taken care of as well. So, so this funding is going to go across not only just building a house, it's going to be whatever other needs. Uh, I got one from Garth yesterday, also by another plumber that's had uh, you know his property destroyed uh, from, from Garth and model plumbers. So yes, you know this is going to go across the sphere in terms of just meeting the needs of those individuals that have been affected so badly. Yeah, so thanks, thanks for that. Let's move on, guys. I think just to, just to close out on the subject is that um, be, um, uh, we've been uh, communicating the fund um, on the, I see it's come a lot across on the WhatsApp channels, uh, IOPS's WhatsApp channels. Um, I assume it will be sent out on IOPS's um, newsletters and channels on that side. The RLB will be doing the same today. We're pushing it out there. 
And so the, the, the listeners out there, you know, if you get it, please share it, share it on. You know, the, the, the more that we can uh, contribute and help the better it is for the, uh, the plumbers and our, our colleagues out there. You know, just think about if you were in the same shoes, you know, you know. And I think it was also very much a great success, you know, when we did over the COVID. I think we were just, we collected just over 100,000, if I remember correctly, Brendan, more than that. Uh, the end of the yeah, it was, it was uh, in fact, it was closer to 200,000, Lee. The number that's in my head is like 180,000. You know, we'd have to just reconfirm that. But yeah, it was a, it was a big whack of money. It really was excellent. Which, which, which just shows that we stand together, you know. Oh, yes. Like this and, oh, yes. And as an industry, you know, as I opt and PRLB, it's, it's just us leading the way and just saying, you know what, guys, you know, we're just pointing the way and it's, it's you people that make the industry. It's not us. It's yeah, I mean, you. We, we just, we're just setting up the environment for you to engage and, uh, and act in. Yeah, I mean, if I take, yeah. uh, just on closing on this CISO, one of the ladies in our office here sent me a message at half past two uh, and, you know, how she was being affected by water coming through her house and they were busy outside at half past two, you know, trying to, uh, you know, get the water to go somewhere else. And, you know, unfortunately, I haven't been able to make contact with her uh, because of the cell phone towers and everything being down. So it's also that unknown factor, you know, how are the people, are they safe? Uh, but I can certainly... You know, in terms of KZN anyway, and those that are affected, it's just, you know, in closing, just saying thank you. I think um, you don't know how much this is going to change lives. It's not going to replace everything else, but it's going to be something for them to, to at least start building on. And I think, uh, you know, from KZN, I just want to thank everybody that's contributing and going to. And we just appreciate the, the concerns and the thoughts uh, with the challenges that we have down here. Great, Steve. Uh, so let's move on. Um, you, you mentioned earlier on, Steve, that uh, you guys were down in George, did you say, on your road shows, Mossel Bay, that area there? Yes, uh, we went down and met with uh, the uh, the committee down there. Um, unfortunately, Jacques, our chairman down there, um, due to work commitments, uh, had to sort of stand down. So it left a, a little bit of a void and and uh, trying to find out who's the responsible person down there. So Kerry and myself, we, we flew down. Uh, we had um, a meeting with the EXCO and uh, just basically what we've done is put Kerry uh, put a, you know, in charge there now until we can actually get the rudder and get the ship sailing in the right direction. Um, the current vice chairman there, JP, unfortunately can't because of work commitments take up the role. But I think we had a we had a hearty meeting. I think um, yeah, we agreed to disagree on some points. And again, it goes back to communication. So, you know, there was a couple of gaps in terms of communication. So uh, we seem to have done that. And then we had a meeting at the uh, uh, at ONCAP in, in Mossel Bay. And uh, we had Sunnyflow, who did an absolutely wonderful presentation in terms of their, their products. And uh, to Janae and Craig, they did a phenomenal job there. And obviously on tap, who sponsored the evening. So, yes, it was quite successful coming back. And at least we've got some things in place. We've got the group up and running and working. Uh, and there's some direction and communication that's coming through. So um, at times frustrating, if I can put it that way. Um, but, yeah, there's some really wonderful people that are on the committee there. And they all want to do the right things. It's just trying to bring somebody together. And again, we just want to thank Marius, you know, for putting it together. He was our lead communicator. Uh, we've got a plan going forward in terms of meeting with the municipalities 
Um, that's coming up now. <clears throat> the installer training that we've done throughout the country is, is one that we're going to set up in the next sort of uh, two months. And then he's going to pop down and, and, and just get them going. We've got some training for the, uh, for the, um, uh, for the committee, you know, in terms of understanding what IOPSA is. It's one of those frustrating things that we find um, if you ask certain relevant questions, you know, you can't sell something if you don't know what your product is. So, so we're putting that in place. And then um, obviously trying to get the, uh, the, from the roadshow point of view is getting the training together, uh, the installers training, possibly putting the business uh, uh, workshop that we did here in KZN also down there. So it's exciting. I think it, it's really positive. Yeah, Steve, uh, so uh, I want to just, this, this is part of the national roadshow that IOPS is undertaking at this particular point in time, similar to IPRRB's roadshow is kicking off next week. Yes. Same with you guys are going around the country. I understood that. Uh, so this is the first one that's kicked off. Brendan, I understood that you. There was another one in Gauteng. Is that correct, Brendan? We just had one in. Yeah. Gauteng so well. yeah. So we um, last week we had uh, Gauteng members meeting at um, Builders Warehouse. Um, it was brilliant. I think I think there was about 120 odd people there. Um, a number of suppliers had their had their little stalls out showing their products and, and giving some information to the plumbers. Um, and, uh, and I must say a big thank you to Builders Warehouse because they just, you know, they just set up such an amazing venue with um, great facilities, great food. And, um, and then the plumbers came out in their numbers, you know, it was just, uh, I think, I think everybody's, you know, kind of itching to get back to normal and, and to meet and greet and be able to have a chat and, um, see each other physically again. So yeah, it's it's really been great. And then um, next week, uh, Steve will be uh, holding a meeting in Bethlehem. Uh, we haven't been to Bethlehem for a good few years. Uh, and then uh, a few years. I don't even remember ever going to Bethlehem. No, yeah, he's, I he's, went to Bethlehem before. Yeah. So Steve's in uh, Steve's in Bethlehem. Um, I will be popping into the to the college in Kronstadt, to Flavius Marika College. Uh, we'll, I'll be paying a visit to the college in Kronstadt. Um, and then we'll meet up together with Adrian and the rest of the team in, uh, in Bloemfontein on Thursday next week, uh, where we'll be holding a members meeting there again. So, yeah, we're definitely getting out and about, Lee. Uh, it's, it's, it's sometimes hard on, the, on our families. But uh, I think it's really, really important that we get out back to the members again and face-to-face -face in front of the members. So, you know, just reconnect, um, just hear what they've got to say face-to-face. -face. And, and I must say that it's been such a positive experience. So far, um, really, it's, it's just great to be back with the plumbers again. You know, it really yeah. is awesome. I mean, if I can reiterate I? what Brendan uh, uh, said, you know, also one of the, the functions is when we're in the areas, so just go and chat one on one with our auditors to see you know, what challenges they've got. So it's a real sort of package thing that we, we try and do. And I've got it in terms of what's been coming out of the audits, in terms of what the plumbers are learning, you know, in terms of the attitude of the auditor. They're always there to, to mince. And uh, the same thing in East London, it was really positive when the plumbers are coming up and saying, I'm glad we've got them. So, you know, we, we always seem to look at the compliance auditor as the big bad wolf. East London um, is 
just the plumbers are so grateful that they actually have that individual that they can talk to and ask questions of. So I was really proud of the team uh, that I've met so far, you know, from KZM through. It, it really is top-notch. Okay, sorry, Steve, you were just breaking up there a little bit, but no worries. Um, just so, so, so to what I'm hearing from and what I've experienced and what I listen to on the ground, you know, getting feedback from the various meetings that it's very positive with the guys, you know, out there, you know, I presume most probably because they were locked in their cages and now they came out to meet their friends. Eventually, <laughs> so excited on that point of view. But overall, I hear it's pretty, pretty um, good. Yeah, yes, positive. very positive. And, and in the same way, as where you, I mean, you guys, are, you said you're off to Bethlehem and then Bloemfontein. Um, I, 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 PRRB's roadshow is kicking off next week. It's National Roadshow. I think it's Nelspreet, if I'm not mistaken. They're kicking off there. And then they're traveling to 12 different venues throughout the year. Um, so I'll, I'll maybe be in a position to give some feedback once we're there. So obviously um, the communications will go out where they're going to as well. And, um, yeah, well, let's make it happen. You know, I think, I think from a, from a, um, we have the, um, meet and greets every month here at or every second week here at the offices where we invite in plumbers, you know, to have a conversation with us. I mean, I lead the conversation, you know, and let them have the, in the same way as we hope that these podcasts we do, we'll be inviting a couple of plumbers on as well and let them ask the questions, you know. Um, you said early on, Steve, that you used the word that, oh, it's a breaking communication. You know what? I, 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 I note, I note the fact that you say that it's a break in the communication, but it's also the fact that the plumbers, you know, tend to miss their own communications. Yeah. From that point of view, it's, it's a big problem, you know, in, you know, in our industry. And then obviously, uh, when they eventually do, when it impacts them, then they say, but you never informed me. You never let us know. Yes, yeah. we didn't inform you, but we let everybody know, you know, we didn't specifically write you a letter and say, dear Steve Brown, yeah. please take note. And uh, anyway, that's that's a conversation on its own. Exactly the same, Brendan. The conversation about you know, Steve touched on the um, um, about the chairmen's, you know, uh, 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 volunteers within IOPSA, and we know that associations and uh, institutes are are membership based. But the, the challenge is is that as you grow as an organisation, there is more requesting from the members, you know, if you know what I'm saying, as you grow. But the problem is, is, is the members can only give so much, which is rightly so, you know. First comes my home, my family, and then I'll, my work, and then I can concentrate on my um, on the institute if I'm, if I'm wishing to give back. But as I said, as we grow or as the association grows, um, the, the problem is it needs to call on its members more and more but the problem is the members can only give so much, as I, keep, as I just said, and now it's that balance between we need to go and get somebody permanently in the region that can work on it full-time and take the load off the members, but obviously you need membership growth to get that position, and it's just trying to find that balance is the difficult thing. Yeah. And, and it doesn't help with our... You know, and it's, I know, I know that we've had the conversation, Brennan is our, you know, it's like anything else. The PRRB currently is the board. We've been 10 years down the line, 10, 12 years. And uh, it's the constitution is written, was written 
as the association 10 years ago. Times have uh, advanced and grown and changed, and the board has given us the go-ahead to have a look at it, refresh it, bring it in line with the current changes and the developments within the industry and within the way in which we operate. And it's exactly the same as the Institute of Plumbing. You know, we got this... Um, We've got the, uh, this, the Constitution, which is our key document, which guides us like any other association. But it's dynamic. It needs to change. And I think, I think in the same way, we had the conversation, Brett, in that I think it might be a, the time when we have to take it to the board and say, guys, you know what, the Institute is growing. The Constitution, with respect to the way in which the, the, the association is structured, um, in a way is hampering us with regards to the growth. Let's have the conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, especially with, uh, you know, like with IOPSA, I mean, that, that constitution is, uh, is also, uh, we've updated bits and pieces here and there, but um, yeah, it definitely needs to be updated. And it's not about uh, anything untoward. It's just about, you know, for example, in, uh, in IOPSA's constitution, there was no allowance for an electronic vote. So, uh, you know, we had to put during COVID, during hard lockdown, we had to quickly put some measures into place. So that's an example um, of, of uh, you know, things that uh, we, wouldn't, we would have never thought about. The people that wrote the Constitution way back when, um, you know, would have never thought about these things. So it, definitely times have changed, things have moved on. So um, I think uh, probably all uh, member, member associations and industry bodies uh, are, are re-looking at their constitutions at this time. And, yeah, it's definitely something that's got to be done, unfortunately, uh, it's quite a big task, you know. Uh, people don't don't really realise it's uh, it's a really quite a big task to uh, to re really work through your entire uh, constitution, and then all the supporting documents that go with that. Because uh, what a lot of people don't realise is it's not just the constitution. Uh, the constitution creates it's the foundation, and then from that leads a whole lot of other policies and procedures and documentation and that sort of thing. So, yeah, it's quite a big job. It's something we've really, we've really, really got to tackle. Yeah. And, and, and the big job also lies into the fact that while it's, you know, um, framing it is easy, but to get the consensus and uh, gather the information from, you know, from the, the members, because it's the members' organization. You know, they're the lead in the specific process. So it's not about... You know, again, you, you, you said it, Brendan, but it's not about changing the principles of the Constitution. It's just bringing it in line with the 21st century or the changing times and all that stuff. But in the same token, the, the Constitution is a, and I'm going to use the word, a sacred document, and, and therefore it's the cornerstone of the association, uh, IOPSA, PRRB, and it needs to get information from the members or the buy-in from the members to take it forward from that point of view. So, yes, it, it, like you said, it's pretty easy to take to say, guys, we need to make an allowance for an electronic vote. Yes, these policies and procedures that spin off that one, but then that's an easy statement, but to get the buy-in and let everybody understand, I think that's a big challenge on its own. <coughs> And then we also yeah. see, Lee and Brendan, we also see that, you know, again, uh, the communication will go out. And, you know, again, nobody looks at it and nobody does anything about it. And then all of a sudden, 
you know, the rhetoric comes back, was I consulted? You know, when as, you know, the information has been sent through numerous times and numerous uh, requests for, for participation. And unfortunately, we see that lacking. And that also hampers things now. So, again, those are the challenges that we had. We will we'll meet them head on and, uh, you know, just get going from there. But you know, it cannot be like the standards where industry moves forwards, but get the standards, if we put it in alignment of where the plumber can understand it, is that you know that document has to be live and keep up to date. I mean, one of our challenges was um, we I think going back a couple of years ago through COVID was that there was no mention of a an online meeting. You know, in terms of our documentation, our communication. So it was to put it together and say, well, does this constitute a meeting? Because again, the constitution says we'll meet here and we'll do that. So again, changes that need to come to the fore. Yeah, Steve. I mean, you hit the nail on the head with regards. I mean, I'll just circle back to that converse, uh, you know, the, the communication, you know, that lack of communication. It, it's, not a, it's not a lack of communication. It's a lack of you receiving the communication. Correct. Or, uh, you know, reading it. And then we, 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 when the time comes and says, well, I never received the communication or I never knew about it. What's key that I can, um, we might acknowledge that, but it doesn't mean that anything untowards was done. Yes. Let's be clear about that. You know, yeah. you might have missed the communication or why was I not informed? Well, anyway, that's yeah. a conversation, guys. We're out of time. You know, um, any, any things that are happening this, this coming week, coming up other than the Easter weekend? I know you've got a lot, of plate, a lot on your plate down there, Steve. I know that we have the um, 19th of April, the public comments for SANS 10254 is closing guys if you got any comment that's a conversation that we can pick up yeah. next week i think or the next time uh, the sans 10254 changes how that's going to impact in the industry how is it going to make a difference to the the operations of prrb operations of the industry taking into consideration of iopsa um we're going to pick up on that specific one but um as you guys as i said as you guys know that 19th is the closeout for the public comments if there are people out there, please put your comments in, positive or negative. Mm. That's it. You know, it allows you, as the industry, to put your comments in um, and uh, and say that, sorry, I don't believe that this is the right thing to do, and this is the reason, or yes, I believe this is the right reason, this is the the, the right thing to do to remove the COC out, and you put those specific things. I think what's important, and I want to get in too much of this one, is just because the, and I think it's important to understand is because people have got this misconception. They think that the 19th of April is that once all the public comments are in, that's the end. No, it doesn't work that way. That is just the start of the process. Then the SABS with the technical committee must take those pu public comments and work through every single public comment that is put in that specific document read it, and actually answer the person who has written that public comment and say, sorry, the technical committee do not agree with you, or yes, the technical committee agrees with you. So just because the public comments phase is finished, it's going to take most probably another two or three or four months before, this, uh, the, before the decision is actually made. And the decision is made when the thing is put in the government gazette, like last time, like yeah. in the past, it went through the process. A lot of people are saying that that PRLB and IOPSA and um, uh, 
Um, a whole lot of people manipulated the process, don't understand how that happened when it's in the Government Gazette. The Government Gazette was published after the public comments phase, and this process is going to follow the same route. So the only time the standard will ever change is when the Government Gazette is published and says that the changes have taken place. And I can rest assured, IOPSA and PRLB will communicate to the industry when those changes have taken place. Yeah, I think on other, that lead, yeah, I think on yes, that lead, if, yeah, when I was down in Muscle Bay and one of the plumbers kind of spoke to me about the same thing, you know, it was almost like it's going to happen on that day. It's like there's a shut off, you know, you're just going to close the valve and that's it. And doing that explanation, but the concern that came out for me, and he said, look, it won't make any difference to me. And I said, well, just to try and explain that point. And he says, well, you know, if I have to issue a COC, I save 200 Rand. But I think when you put it into the perspective of what I did with him, I'm saying, okay, so that protection is there for the consumer, for you, and being that professional plumber. Without those checks and balances in place, it now means that all of those individuals that are unqualified plumbers, that it's opened up that market. So when he started looking at it from that point of view, he was saying, hold on, this protection mechanism that is in place to protect the plumbing industry and the consumer and everything else and have the uh, the checks and balances and the audits and everything else behind it, uh, then, he, then the, the sort of penny dropped, if we want to use that word again, is that, okay, so, so I need to comment. And I think that's what I'd like to get across to those the listeners is that this really severely impacts you from a negative point of way in terms of, of the protection to your trade as a, a qualified licensed plumber. That's really what it boils down to. Yeah. See, I don't, I don't want to get pulled into this conversation no. because we're out of time, but you're, you're 100% correct in saying that the, 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 the gentleman that you spoke to in Mossel Bay, he came to you and said, and, and, and we spoke about this last time. He said to you that I am not impacted. Yeah. Yes. And you explained to him, no, you are actually impacted, but let me just frame it like this for you. And he understood that one. Correct. But there's a lot of, a lot of plumbers that also have the, the same mindset. But, and, and in our next conversation, we can frame it as you framed it. You know, you touched on it lightly, but also what they don't under, that, that you need to understand. It might not impact you as a plumber in the same way as it doesn't impact you, the KZN floodings, mm. but it impacts our industry. Correct. And that's where we need to stand for. We need to step back and not say, what is in for me or what am I getting out of it? The question should be, what is we as an industry getting out of it? And that's the important thing. Anyway. Uh, Brendan, anything from your side in closing? No, uh, Lee, I'm taking a couple of days leave. Uh, so, um, I'm heading up to the Kruger Park for a couple of days, so uh, I'm looking forward to a little bit of a break. Uh, it's been a hard, hard first quarter of the year, um, but we've got through it, so yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Great, that's good. And Steve, dare I ask what you'll be doing? Yeah, well, I'm playing a little bit of catch up uh, because obviously, without the internet, I've got a irate plumber that says I can't meet him and he's he's upset. But anyway, I'm going to sort that out. And you know, even when you explain, you've got no internet, no water, no electricity, but it's yeah, anyway. So, I've got to sort that out uh, later on today. Obviously, we've got some challenges in terms of our audits, you know, from KZN point of view, but uh, I'm going to the NAF show tomorrow, the, the Easter NAF show. Hopefully, if I can get there, I'm going to go and pop down there. And then, uh, yeah, let's wait and see. <laughs> if, uh, if I meet somebody, please, uh, we do smile. We haven't showered. Well, I showered last night for the first time in three days. So, uh, yeah, we maintain it.
Yeah, so, so from our side is obviously the public comment space is uh, closing off. Um, just managing a few comments and helping some plumbers putting their comments through from that point of view or guiding them. Let's be clear about that one. And then uh, we're kicking off our roadshows uh, from PRRB's point of view. And then they're just the day-to-day operations that we have to deal with. I'll be taking I'll be taking a leave, a week's leave in the week's time, going down to Langabon, having a bit of a time down there, and then going to, as I said earlier, going to go try and do some shark cave diving. I bet a lot of people wish I'll be bitten by that shark. No, 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 no. The, the, the SMS will be out there going, hey, the great yeah. ones are coming. Yeah, that's it. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, that, guys, thank you very much for your time. Enjoy. Appreciate it. Good luck down there. Thank guys, you. Guys, remember, remember that, uh, um, remember the Plumbers Fund, you know, please contribute if you can. We really do appreciate it for the industry. Thank you very much, guys. And enjoy Thanks, the rest of your day. Thank you, everybody. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Thanks for having listened to this episode of Ears to You. Please tune in for our next episode.